Welcome to the Farm Credit Advocates Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Fuchs, Senior Vice President of Government Affairs with Mid-Atlantic Farm Credit. I'm excited to have with me today, Madison Walter. Maddie is the Urban Ag Coordinator with the Newcastle County Soil Conservation District in Delaware. Her background is in landscape architecture and environmental studies, and she's worked in various capacities in greenhouses, orchards, botanical gardens, small-scale farms, and community gardens. She's a steering committee member of the Delaware Urban Farm and Food Coalition, co-manager of the Duffy's Hope Youth Garden in Wilmington, and a graduate of the LEAD Delaware Ag Leadership Program. Throughout my interaction with Maddie, it's clear she has a real passion for her work, and I know after our conversation today, our listeners will find that to be the case as well. Maddie, thanks for joining me today. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kurt. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's uh, good to have you, and why don't we get right into it? I think first and foremost, um, how do you define urban agriculture? So as simple as, you know, that question seems, it's actually a bit of a, a loaded topic, really. Uh, urban agriculture, one of the things that makes it so unique is that it comes in a lot of different forms, which means, you know, most folks have trouble sort of pinning down a unifying definition. I mean, even you know, the Office of Urban Ag and Innovative Production under the USDA, they don't even have a definition that they all use, um, which means that the folks that try to sort of put pen to paper and write something down, those definitions often look more like a laundry list of all the different ways that people can do urban ag. So whether that's rooftop gardens, balcony gardening, community gardens, school gardens, indoor vertical controlled environment farms. It just takes so many different forms, which is kind of the beauty of it. So what I like to do, instead of focusing on the sort of method of how folks are going about urban ag, I think of it more in terms of the outcome. Because in more cases than not, urban agriculture is, yes, it's about growing food, but it's also about building a more just and more resilient community. And it's really about that outcome that is the unifying factor that urban ag has in common. So whether that's improving neighborhood safety, whether it's creating a food system that addresses food insecurity issues, whether it's providing job training. Um, Urban ag is about building stronger and healthier communities, regardless of what form that that takes. Wow. So Maddie, we're talking about a a sector of ag that's even diversified in and of itself and can take on any number of, of iterations. Oh, absolutely. And it's not even just what we think of as traditional urban or suburban. You know, there's folks that I know up in Alaska where you would consider it very rural, but they follow practices that are aligned with things that they're doing in New York City because they're doing it in sort of the middle of their isolated settlement. So, like I said, it's a wide range of different things, but all of them are interesting and 
cool in their own right. Well, I guess the next question is then, how did you get involved in this space and, and what led you to this current role with soil conservation in particular uh, in support of, of urban ag? For me, it all started with plants. I love plants. I always have. And from a very young age, wanted to figure out how plants and people connected and how people interacted, um, you know, tied in with this sort of love of the environment. My mother tells the story of as a very precocious second grader, I staged a one child protest against Ticonderoga pencils because I learned that they used rainforest trees. So like this is for whatever reason, something that I've always felt very passionate about. And as I was thinking about career opportunities, I originally thought I wanted to go into breeding plants um, and plant genetics, uh, thinking about rooftop gardens. And I tried that path a little bit, and then I kind of wandered into landscape architecture for a little while, and then wandered over into environmental studies and non-formal education. And through all of that, I always kept in mind, you know, how do I bring plants and people together? And one summer I took a job working as a manager of a small-scale farm, and I realized how impactful people's connection was to food and how feeding them and showing them how to grow their own food was the perfect hook into bringing them into this world of plants and into this world of caring about an environment bigger than their immediate surroundings. Like a light bulb went off in my head and I was like, aha, this is it. Um, I like to eat, I like to grow plants. Um, I like interacting with people. It's interesting, it's currently you know, growing and changing. Let's try this. And it just stuck. And I found myself, you know, searching for a place to do that, especially right after grad school. And this job opened up here at the conservation district. And I was immediately intrigued how this organization who focuses on issues of sustainability and conservation, both in water and soil, was reaching into that urban ag landscape. And so I was like, all right, you know, I'm not from Delaware. I'm originally from Kansas. And I thought I could get used to that kind of scenery um, with a bit of a change of pace. And I took the job and, you know, here we are. Look, sounds, sounds like it's been a pretty darn good fit. I mean, certainly the enthusiasm with which you describe your journey and, and where you are, are now is, is pretty evident. And you mentioned, Maddie, the growth and the increased interest in urban agriculture, whether it's been in, in recent years. I mean, it seems like it's always been there to a certain extent, but certainly we've seen all across Mid-Atlantic's uh, footprint uh, an increased interest in urban agriculture and community gardens and what those do for different neighborhoods. What do you think is driving that growth, that interest? So I think first it has a lot to do with people starting to really critically think about their food systems, whether that's about their own consumption, whether it's about different production methods, 
it's this wake-up call almost of folks who have been several generations now removed from the actual process thinking oh hey i should probably know more about this food is really important and how do i learn more so i think this societal awareness that is growing but what i also think is a big driver and what we see in the Delaware Urban Farm and Food Coalition, when we look at our membership, is that there are folks coming from a wide variety of backgrounds and perspectives that through one way or another are landing in this urban ag world. And what really seems to be a driving factor in that is that as all of these professionals and individuals are looking at their own work in their own industries, be it healthcare or city planning or business development, and are trying to find solutions to issues that they are coming across, they are finding that urban ag is one potential solution for some of those issues. And they start going, hmm, interesting, let me learn a little bit more. And they start digging into that world pun fully intended, um, and they go, oh, well, that's interesting. I didn't know that Urban Ag could do this. Oh, and it can also do this, this, and this. And then by that point, they're completely sucked in and are committed to you know, pushing Urban Ag forward from all of these different directions. So I think what really is this driving factor is that it speaks to people where they are and the issues that they're directly facing. Well, that's a, a great segue and, and you briefly mentioned it, but the, the Delaware Urban Farm and Food Coalition is, is where I uh, first got an opportunity uh, to meet with you. And I wonder if you couldn't tell us a little bit more about that organization, your role in it and uh, the role it serves in the, the broader Delaware uh, ag community. Um, Urban Farm and Food Coalition, or just the coalition, because um, it's rather a mouthful to say the whole thing, actually started out as a soil pollutions group, which is why the conservation district originally sort of hooked up with this group of organizations that were working on soil pollution um, concerns. And over time, that was right. That was a, back in about. The year 2000 um, to 2007, they were working on these soil pollution concerns. And then around 2007, they got this idea to put together the first urban farm in the state of Delaware, um, which is now the E.D. Robinson Farm at 12th and Brandywine in Wilmington. And this really galvanized all of these organizations who had been working together and was drawing other people in. And from that point, they just kept working to push issues relating to food and urban farming. And now the organization is representative of over 60 different organizations and individuals who all care about urban farming and our local food system. And we do various different types of activities throughout the year. We have a 
urban ag session as part of Delaware Ag Week. We host summer urban ag tours. Uh, we have quarterly meetings, which anybody's welcome to join, where we have guest speakers or we talk about you know, related issues. Uh, but we also have different subcommittees. And these subcommittees are really our working groups that allow us to tackle specific projects. Um, and this is really where I come in. I co-chair two out of our three active committees, both our policy committee and our community garden committee. And those committees are both tackling different projects within that specific purview. For example, our policy committee is currently working on developing a local food plan centered around the city of Wilmington and looking at different policies that exist and often don't exist that would help support and strengthen an urban ag industry and looking at what problems currently exist and what recommendations can we make to institute policies that will continue to grow urban ag. Uh, so I serve as co-chair of that committee, and then the Community Garden Committee works on all issues and projects related to community gardening. So we host different events throughout the year to help build a network of the community gardens, particularly up here in northern Delaware. We manage a publication, which is the Northern Delaware Community Garden Toolkit on which we update on a bi-yearly basis that gives you all of the information you want to know about starting a community garden. Um, and we also provide lots of technical assistance to community gardens. And through both of those roles and my role on the steering committee, I do a lot of coordination and helping the folks that are doing the good work, the boots on the ground, kind of know what's going on with all of these other projects and keep people in communication and moving together in a unified voice and in a unified direction. Urban ag is definitely you know, growing as we've mentioned before. And sometimes it's easy to have things get lost or dropped or to have miscommunication. So I really see my role as sort of a point of contact, almost like air traffic control. Uh, where, you know, keeping tabs on all these different projects and making sure people that need to connect with one another are, you know, making that happen and making sure that we can keep this industry growing. Well, as a, as a beneficiary of your uh, tremendous air traffic controller skills uh, uh, in participating in the, the policy committee, uh, I know that many diverse groups you know, as you say, uh, something akin to 60 organizations and groups all working together from various aspects of urban ag and, and food in urban areas. I found it uh, fascinating and I appreciate the, the leadership that you've represented on that coalition. And I know in those conversations, the topics of challenges that are being faced by urban producers some of which are, are familiar to our you know, more rural traditional agricultural producers face. Join us in celebrating young, beginning, small, minority, and veteran farmers from March 20th to the 26th. Be sure to check out our new podcast mini-series, educational resources, and follow us on social for ways to reconnect.
what are some of the unique challenges that you found that urban producers are facing? So when it comes to challenges, I think the word that immediately springs to mind is access. And this is access of land, access of water, access to financial and educational programs, even access to scale appropriate equipment. You know, most of our urban growers are trying to navigate a world and an industry that was not designed with their style of production in mind, which means a lot of what currently exists is having to be retrofitted to make it work for their types of projects. And as anybody who's ever done any kind of DIY where you've had to retrofit anything can probably attest to, that succeeds in varying degrees. Um, and sometimes it will work, maybe not as efficiently as you would hope, but it gets the job done. Sometimes it works to begin with, but then there's unforeseen consequences in the future. And so it kind of adds this whole other layer of challenges um, on top of, you know, growing food and managing, you know, an urban farm or a community garden to this whole process. And that, you know, can be overwhelming and frustrating for a lot of folks. Um, if I had to really narrow down one of those access points that causes probably the biggest concern and biggest challenge, it's really access to land or access to growing space. You know, we are talking about environments where land is at a premium and these small farms and operations are having to compete with giant development corporations. And most of the time they just get outgunned. Even, you know, community gardens or urban farms who have been around for decades, you know, they may not own the land that they've been operating on. They may be in good standing with a landlord or have an agreement, but a development, you know, comes in, a developer comes in and says, hey, I want this land. I will pay you some exorbitant amount of money to get access to it. And the landlord goes, hmm, that seems like a really good deal. Sorry, urban farm or community garden or whatever it is. You're going to have to find somewhere else. So finding land is a challenge and keeping hold of land that you have access to is a challenge. And that makes it discouraging and hard to convince people to invest in their operation when they don't know how long they're going to be around. It's certainly no shortage of challenges facing urban producers. How can someone get involved with the coalition? The obvious ways you can get involved are join one of our committees. We're always open to new members and new perspectives. Even if you feel like you know nothing about urban ag, as we said, you know, urban ag touches lots of different parts of our society, and we like to hear about different perspectives. And I can guarantee you, you have something to bring to the table. You can also do something as simple as you know, follow the coalition on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter. Creating awareness and sharing it with other folks is an important step to sort of, as I always put it, spread the good word of urban agriculture and build awareness of how important and how awesome urban ag is. That can really go a long way. So when it comes to 
you know, putting forth policies, trying to galvanize a community, the less work we have to do in educating and building understanding, the easier that implementation is. Well, I know one of the questions I definitely wanted to, to ask was about the youth garden in Wilmington. Can you tell us more about that effort and how you got involved? Yeah, absolutely. So the Duffy's Hope Youth Garden, um, which is on the corner of 9th and Church Street, was started as a passion project by a gentleman named Conrad Kemps, who was a big local food advocate. Um, he spearheaded the Healthy Corner Store Initiative here in the state of Delaware. And he knew Duffy Samuels, who is the founder and CEO of Duffy's Hope, which is an organization that takes at-risk youth and provides them opportunities to have a more fulfilling and positive trajectory in life. And Conrad, you know, came to Duffy and was like, hey, we should have a garden. It has all these benefits. And Duffy was like, okay, if, you know, take it and run with it. And so they started that garden in, I want to say in 2008. And Conrad ran it for a number of years. And then a few years ago, Conrad um, moved um, out to Ohio to be closer to his family and was looking for some folks to help carry on this garden that he had built and started. And so he reached out to myself and Randy Novikoff, who is my other co-chair of the Community Garden Committee, and asked if we would be willing to pick up the torch. And the garden is a fabulous tool for engagement with the youth and is in a great location for you know getting food into the hands of those that need it. And so we were basically, absolutely, yes, we will do this. Um, we don't want to see this project go to a you know waste or go to the wayside as so many community gardens do when their champion, you know, moves on. So Randy and I took it over. Like I said, that would have been in, you know, late 2020. Uh, so the world, you know, was in the midst still of trying to figure out what was going on. And that's what we've been working on. So we, you know, are currently working on getting kids back out there after some time off due to pandemic related concerns but you know we're looking forward to a new season and we're actually this year dedicating um and renaming the garden to the conrad kemp's youth garden um we're going to have a dedication this june which we're very excited about well speaking of youth uh in the future where do you see the future of urban agriculture say in five years or, or ten years in delaware so I think you know, Delaware's urban ag industry is at a point right now where we're starting to see this period of experimentation and folks that you know started back you know five years ago are really starting to have solid foundations under them and are starting to sort of spread their tendrils a little bit and figure out okay. We feel pretty solid, but how can we do more? And I think what that means for the future is that in you know five or ten years, 
we are going to have a very robust and very much a thriving urban ag industry. We're gonna be seeing these folks who right now are working on very limited CSAs or limited distribution really hit their strides and getting food out the door and into the hands of folks that need it and want it. I think we're also going to see an expansion downstate. Um, folks up here in Newcastle County are really working on making sure that the projects that they're doing are well documented so that they can be replicated in other parts of the state. So we'll see, I think, a lot more of that in the upcoming years. And I think we'll also see a big shift in policy. At least that's my biggest hope is that we will have done a lot of the convincing that needs to be done to implement urban ag friendly policies. Those will have been implemented and we'll be starting to see the benefits of those policies and just watching as urban ag hits its stride. Well, I certainly like the sound of that future. And I know Farm Credit's excited about what's yet to come for urban ag producers across its footprint. Maddie, we've got one more uh, question for you, but before we get to that, I want to go to uh, something a little, little fun, our lightning round, which consists of five this or that type uh, rapid fire questions. Are you ready, Maddie? I am ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> okay, Jayhawk or Blue Hen? Oh, Jayhawk. I'm a good Kansas girl. I got to go with the Jayhawk. <laughs> Wawa or Royal Farms? Oh, Wawa. Star Trek or Star Wars? Oh, oh, that, mm, I am, that is a tough one. I am a huge, huge sci-fi nerd. Um, so I, you know, coexist. I have room in my heart for all, but when push comes to shove, I think I'm going to have to go Star Trek. Okay. All right. Coffee or tea? Mm. I'm going to have to go with coffee. It's the best way to start a day as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Speaking of best ways to start a day, Scrapple or bacon? Oh, I just, I, I'm going to have to go bacon. I, uh, you know, Scrapple has never quite uh, hit me as a thing that I want to eat. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, I, it's one of those regional dishes that my husband, who's from this area, you know, he's a big fan. He tries to keep convincing me, and I just I can't quite do it. Well, hey, to each their own. Uh, just so you know, <laughs> the correct answer to that question is both. Ah, okay. That's, That's correct. I will keep that That's in mind. Right. Both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, listen, Maddie, the last question that we have for you is, what do you advocate for in agriculture? You know, something that I think about a lot when it comes to urban ag, um, and I believe, I think Audrey Hepburn is quoted as saying, you know, to plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow. And for me, that's a pretty good summation of how I feel about urban ag. It's a place of hope. And when the world is overwhelming and bleak urban ag is sort of this act of defiance that says i'm not ready to throw in the towel you know i still believe that we can create a 
better world and that we can create it together. But in order to do that, we need to engage in more authentic communication and build a deeper understanding. And I think for me, that's really what I advocate for is that communication and understanding. And that means having tough conversations and it means you know, looking around and seeing who's at the table, who's not at the table, making sure that when we engage in conversations that we are, have open minds and we are willing to discuss changes and opportunities for the benefit of all of us. But you know, communication, as easy as it can be to have a conversation with someone, communication of that kind takes practice. And you have to be willing to practice and be willing to be patient for those changes from those conversations to take place. And that's not just for folks outside the ag industry versus, you know, folks inside the ag industry. It's folks, you know, that are on two sides within the ag industry. And it's really a universal skill that I think needs to take more precedence all around, but definitely within the ag industry. Well put, Maddie, well put. Well, I wanna thank you for your time today and for your dedication and commitment to Urban Ag. It was a pleasure learning more about your efforts to support the Urban Ag community and the many ways it can make our neighborhoods better, more resilient, and more welcoming. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. You can get podcast notes and subscribe to email alerts at mafc.com forward slash podcast. And of course, send any topic or guest suggestions to podcast at mafc.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and stay well.